Hi, Hurricane fans. Joe Zagacki here for UPS. Your customers want more from your business. You've got to make more happen, whether they're in Miami or on the other side of the world, globally or locally. UPS is building solutions to help businesses give their customers exactly what they want. More made easy. UPS, official logistics company of Miami Athletics. Special edition of the Behind the U podcast. We are joined by head coach Dennis Erickson, two-time champion and someone who we are all very fond of. The goal of this is to take everyone behind your journey and behind your story. So we're, we're going to do that here. Thanks for doing this and thanks for getting up early and doing this. You're up in uh, in Idaho. Yeah, I'm up early anyway. That's unfortunate, but that's how it is. <laughs> Coach's life, right? Yeah, you got it. Absolutely. So we did do this with Gino about a week ago, and it's funny. He said, you know, coach was ahead of his time with, with offensive philosophy, just to the nature of, of where offense is now in, in, in college and pros. And that's kind of where I wanted to start. Where were you introduced to the one back offense? Well, it's, it's kind of a long, short story, but uh, really it was, uh, I worked for uh, Jack Elway at uh, San Jose state, John's father. And, uh, John's high school coach in, in Los Angeles was a guy by the name of Jack Neumeyer, who has passed. But when, when John was playing at, at, at high school, they, they were in one back and running motion. And, and Jack and spent a lot of time with him. So when we got to San Jose State, Jack said, hey, we want to do this stuff. And, you know, kind of started and split backs. We were both old Veer guys and we'd run a guy and one, one of the two guys in motion and if they didn't move with the motion, kind of like the RPOs are now, then we would throw the football out there. If they did move somebody, then we just ran the outside veer and read it. And that's kind of where it started, starting in two backs motion and the one back. And then as time went on at San Jose State, we went more to just one back doing the same thing. And, you know, we'd get in three, four wide and run the back in motion. And there was nobody in the backfield. And, and uh, we'd run the passing game depending on uh, – the short passing game with motion. And, and, and like I said, it's, what they're doing now is nothing new because that's exactly what we did. And, uh, you know, if there was nobody in the box, we'd run it. If if, the, if they had people in the box, we threw it. It was pretty simple. And, and uh, so that's where it started. It started with Jack and I was his offensive coordinator. And, but it was so much fun because we were just at the start of it and something new every week. And we'd have ideas at night uh, how to make this thing better. And, and in those days, shoot, you couldn't, uh, they didn't know how to handle it. I remember we played Baylor uh, when Mike Singletary was a starting middle linebacker. They were like, I don't know, in the top five in, in, in the country. We went down there and beat them just because of that. Because what ended up happening, instead of Mike playing run all the time, he was out covering people. So we got mismatches all, all, all the time. And then when I left there and went to the University of Idaho, we continued to make it better and continue to, change things when people would start doing different things we would go ahead and answer it with different things and and then it kind of started to move around but idaho and then when, we, when i went to washington state it was huge and uh, uh in the pac-12 we won some big games uh, particularly my last year 1988 we beat ucla in the rose bowl when they were uh, ranked number one in the country and i think miami was 
second or third and we beat them and Miami ended up uh, being rated number one that year. But people just had difficulty uh, covering it. And, you know, football is all about matchups and even more so now. Then we got the matchups we want and now they're playing a lot of nickel and dime and things like that. But you got to be able to run the football. And now people have the option involved in it uh, quite a bit, reading stuff out of one back and two tights or a guy moving across. And those are all things that, you know, we did back then. And when we went to Miami uh, after Washington State, it, nobody had, had seen it. And obviously with the skill that we had at Miami with all those receivers and backs and, you know, the speed that we had on both sides of the football, you know, it was natural and people just had difficulty covering our people. And what ended up happening is we ended up running the football for a lot of yards because, you know, they would take people out to play the run and, and we ran the ball and we ran probably half and half, maybe even more yards running. But, you know, it started and, it, and uh, uh, Mike Price, who coached at Washington State, and him and I were good friends, grew up together. He came down to San Jose when I was there and he got the Weber State job and did it. And, and then people all over the country that was associated to me, we'd have people coming in and visiting with us at Miami all the time. A lot of it was football, but I think they all ended up in the Keys. But it was a, yeah. <laughs> it was a pretty good trip for them. And, and uh, so then it, just, then it just took off. And now it's, uh, you know, now, now everything's under the shotgun more than anything. We were under the center a lot of the time, most of the time then. And, and they've added some things. They, you know, they run an option out of, out, of, uh, out of the shotgun and doing some really good things. But the basis of everything that is happening right now started back at San Jose State. So a couple of things I got to I got to ask you about off of that answer. Let's start with this. So you get to Miami. I know you've said this many times and, and most people that come into South Florida recognize this, right? You said the speed was just otherworldly, right? Like you had never seen speed like that. So my question, though, is relative to the offense. Once you saw the speed and kind of added it to your offense, what did you think you were capable of? Scoring about every down. <laughs> you know, what really happened is what defense had to do against us is they, they had to play coverage. And that's why we were able to run the ball so well. And they couldn't play man coverage. They couldn't, you know, they couldn't play a regular defense, uh, you know, with backers in the box and expect to cover our guys. And, and, and we spread them out. And really the key to the whole thing, as I spoke at clinics for years and years, is when you spread people out, you know what they're going to do from the time the ball snap. We did a lot of audibleizing in those days. And uh, we audibleized to run. We audibleized to pass, depending on what they were doing, you know, on defense. And and then, like I said, we ran motion, and whoever moved with motion, we we either run it or throw it, which is kind of the premise of what they're doing right now. Going back to the, your first introduction to it with John's. By the way, you couldn't get John to go to Idaho or San Jose State. That recruiting didn't work. Well, he had a chance <laughs> to go to Stanford. It's pretty good education. <laughs> but John, I knew I knew John when. When he was real young and my dad and, and Jack coached together at Washington State and you know John went to junior high and all that at uh, in Pullman and, and so I knew the family that's how I got hired by him and, and John and I continued to remain friends. Uh, so my question really more so was that was the offense instantaneously appealing to you like when you first when you're when Jack first started talking to you about it were you like yeah, I can see this happening. I like this. Yeah, without a question. You know, it's so much fun because you're you're starting really from scratch and you and you have some success with this offense. And then you because of 
the variety of things you could do out of it was something new all the time. You play a game, somebody would do something to try to stop you. And uh, you'd say, ah, we see that we can go do this. So, uh, like I said, we did a lot of audibilizing in those days. And, and uh, once I saw it at San Jose and how it operated or how we operated then, I thought there were so many things that could happen. And that's what happened, you know, for the next 25 years or whatever, whatever it was. But, uh, yeah, it was so much fun to coach. And the players loved it. I mean, I mean they loved it. And the, the front loved it, too, because they, they, they were able to pass protect, which would help them get in the NFL. And then they, they would not have to block a seven-man box all the time. You know, so they thought that was a heck of a deal. Has Gino ever told you the story? I guess when you were hired at Miami, I guess Lamar wanted to leave because it's just a coaching change, right? Like I don't this I'm used to the guy that, that recruited me, or maybe you haven't heard this story. And Gino sits Lamar down and goes, Do you understand? Because June, well, I guess we got a two part of the story. You recruited Gino, right? At Washington State. Am I don't have that right? Yes, I did. So he was familiar with the offense and he sits Lamar down. He goes, do you understand what, what's going to happen for you in this offense? Yeah, I, I remember that story. And I, I would, you know, as soon as Lamar saw it in spring football, because we got hired late. So we were in spring ball real, real quick. And uh, so when we got into this, the spring, I tell you, you'd never seen so many smiles on receivers <laughs> because they were used to the old pro style and, and very very successful with it and uh, you know and Gary Stevens was a great coach who was the offensive coordinator then and you know Steve Walsh came back and then was there that spring and I don't know that he really liked the offense but you know he decided to, to go into the draft they had a spring deal that you could get out of it and and Gino loved it and uh, and, as, and as soon as offensive people saw it I mean it was you know players wanted to play all the time and receivers I mean, everybody really on offense. When you score points, everybody likes it, even on defense. And But, you know, our defense was so good, even with what we did. I mean, they matched up <laughs> pretty good against anybody. The defense your first year was otherworldly. I was looking at some stats before this. I think they held six opponents without a touchdown. Were you just, like, in awe of how good they were? The speed on defense, I mean, it was great speed on offense, but the speed on defense was at a different level. I, I remember when I left, went to Seattle, you know, I wasn't astonished at the speed that the NFL was on defense because we were pretty close to having it at Miami. But, I mean, the, the philosophy that Howard and Jimmy have it on defense is, you know, they were going to take uh, linebackers and make them defensive ends. They were going to take safeties and make them linebackers. And, you know, it was all about speed. And, and uh, you know, I, I learned a lot from that. Sonny Lubick was my defensive coordinator. And, you know, was one of the greatest coaches that ever coached the game. And, but we learned. We learned from, uh, you know, the, the defense that they were running. I mean, it was very simple. I mean, they four down, and they played two deep zone about every snap. There wasn't a lot of fancy blitzing because we were better than everybody. We can get to the guy, you know, with the four-man rush most of the time. When you, you look at that front four, I mean, they all played in the NFL, even five or six of them on that team. And so it was, it was really unbelievable. I think uh... – 89, you got Cortez and Russell inside. How was that like running, trying to run plays against them? You couldn't. And Jimmy Jones, you know, was a third tackle. He started the year before. Cortez kind of backed up as the first year he came in on a junior college. And then he just, you know, really got himself in great shape and became the great player that he, that he was. But, yeah, I mean, and the defensive ends that we had were, you know, unbelievable. And backers, they could, they could just run. And, yeah, it, people had to make a choice. And, and, and it was pretty hard to run the football against them. <laughs> so listen, you're like a lifer in the Pacific Northwest. 
were you aware of what was happening at Miami, even before you got the call from Sam Jankovic? Yeah, without a question. Now, now Sam Jankovic, you got to remember, you know, was at Washington State at one time. And Sam coached me in college at Montana State. So Sam and I were real close. Had it not been Sam, I don't know that Miami would come all the way out to Pullman, Washington to recruit a guy that was really just starting in his career. And, and uh, but uh, yeah, I, I watched them all the time, but just because they were Miami and at the start in 83 when Howard was there and you know, watching those games and then of course the success that Jimmy had and very aware of the University of Miami was in their style and uh, played with great confidence. And, you know, I love that part of it. And, but it was a little bit of a, a culture shot moving from Pullman, Washington to Miami, Florida, believe me. A little different world. So how did Sam sell it to you? Well, to start out with, because I'd only been at Washington State two years. My dad coached here. I had, was from that state. I had a lot of friends and, you know, a lot of people there that uh, really wanted me to stay. And I almost didn't take the job, I, to be very honest with you. I told Sam a couple of times that, no, I was going to stay in Pullman. And, you know, then I had some guys come up to me and even players <laughs> at large to say, hey, coach, man, you got to. You got to really look at that thing. That, that's something special that doesn't happen very, very often in this business to have an opportunity like that. So, you know, my family was was young, and so they grew up really the six years I was there. In, you know, in high school and junior high, and got along extremely well. It was the greatest thing that ever happened to, to the family because, and particularly my kids, because it gave them another look at life and what was going on. So, I'm certainly glad we did it, uh, not just for the football part of it, but for my family being able to go to school in Miami and meet a lot of great friends there that he probably wouldn't have in Pullman, Washington. Were you surprised he called? Did he kind of tip you off? Like, were you expecting it? Well, you know, if Jimmy, cause it was really at a different time, it was kind of right at the end of recruiting. I think recruiting may have been over with. So nobody expected Jimmy to leave. And, uh, you know, that just kind of came out of the blue that he was going to go to the Cowboys. And, you know, Sam had talked to me, before that even happened about maybe coming to Miami someday and coaching there and went in one, one ear and out the other. Cause I didn't think it was going to, you know, and I was happy. It was where I, with where I was at, we had a really good recruiting year at Washington state. And, you know, so I didn't even expect anything to happen. Then all of a sudden it happened and it, it happened real fast. So you mentioned uh, you get to Miami, obviously you get on the field, the speed, uh, the talent. You also talked about the culture that was very real, very tangible, what was it that you saw, you heard, you know, that, that let you know there was a certain way about this program? Well, a couple, a couple of different ways. First of all, when I had the first team meeting, they didn't know Dennis Erickson from the chair they were sitting on. They didn't. <laughs> the only reason that they had any idea who I was is because we beat UCLA, as I mentioned before, in 1988. That might have been the only game UCLA lost. So they, they remembered me because we beat UCLA and they became number one. So, you know, that's the only connection that there was because it's, you know, it's different every place you go, but uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting, but we had the team meeting and, you know, I talked to him about things I wanted to do and we weren't going to change anything, you know, defensively at all. I said, we're going to bring in a new offense, do some different things. So we're going to have to get used to that. So I can't remember who it was. It might've been Tiger Clark. <clears throat> asked me a question he said are you going to change our style of play you know which was you know obviously having a lot of fun and getting in people's face and 
I said, no, that's part of the reason I came. I love that style. And from then on, it was pretty good. I mean, it was always, you know, everybody's, you take a job like that and you're from where you're at, there, there's always question marks, particularly in the community of boosters and so forth and, and the players. We didn't lose one. Of course, there wasn't a transfer portal, any of the stuff going on now. <laughs> go any place you want about five times. But once we started spring ball, the first practice, how hard they practiced and the speed that they had, but how hard they practiced. I mean, they practiced like it was a game every day, but you don't see that very often. And I learned a heck of a lot from them as I went on in my career about that, you know, about what it takes to win. And they were so team orientated. They all cared about each other. Uh, they didn't have to like each other, but they had respect for each other. They hung out together. And, and that was the biggest thing that, that I saw that really made a difference in that program. And, and it started with Howard. God bless his soul. I mean, he was one of the great coaches. I mean, Jimmy did a great job. There's no question about that. But Howard started it. And uh, he deserved a lot of credit for what happened at the University of Miami. I don't want to get you off on a segue, but since you mentioned Howard, I heard you mention this once, but I'll give you 60 seconds or more, if you like, to make a case for him to be in the College Hall of Fame. Well, it's ridiculous to me and uh, <laughs> that he's not in there. I mean, you got to be kidding me. You know, sometimes they have these winning percentage deals and what it takes to get in the Hall of Fame. And, and, and that's part of it. But to me, it's more about what, what have you done? What's your piece of work that you've done and what he did? And he, and he did it at Louisville. And he did it every place he, he's been. How he cannot be in the Hall of Fame. And, and I, I'm in it. And uh, he deserves to be in it. And, and uh, hopefully they can do it somehow. But uh, he certainly deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I've said that all along, and it's a crime to me that he isn't. Hi, Hurricane fans. Joe Zagacki here for UPS. Your customers want more from your business. You've got to make more happen, whether they're in Miami or on the other side of the world, globally or locally. UPS is building solutions to help businesses give their customers exactly what they want. More made easy. UPS, official logistics company of Miami Athletics. You say, the Tiger Clark stands up and he says, all right, you're going to change our style. You say no. That was easy for you to embrace. Obviously, it was a little different. <laughs> I, mean, you know, I mean, you come in there and that's how it was. You know, and they talked a lot to each other. Spring ball, I mean, it was like a war out there competing against each other. And, and they had fun playing. And I'll say that, and I'll, I'll continue to say that. They weren't trying to be bad people. They just loved playing. And if you didn't play against them well, then they, they intimidated you. That, that's, that was the style of, of, of the program then. And, and I loved it. Obviously, I got in a little trouble a couple of times with the president of the university on a couple of situations. But, you know, that's how they play. And you, when you take it out of them, they don't play as well. And that was done a couple of times. You know, I, I look at the BYU game my second year and, you know, the president and the NC2A wanted us to calm down, wanted us to be good guys. And so we go down and get beat by BYU. Well, that didn't last very long. Then that same season, we ended up with at Texas. And I think we broke the NC2A record for penalties, but we won by about 40. So it was... You know, it, it was different. I mean, I mean, you know, there's a book about the about about it, and uh, 
it should be. And, uh, and other people wanted to do that. And they'd come into our stadium there and they'd start talking stuff just because they thought they had to to compete. And that was the worst thing you could possibly do. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was a different culture and I love the culture. Nowadays, you can't do that. I mean, Miami rule, all the unsportsmanlike penalties. So it's true, right? The video they sent out was literally like a video of an archive library of Miami highlights. Yeah, I thought it was our highlight film. <laughs> I called the NC2A and thanked them for paying for it. <laughs> we were different. We were different, but I never enjoyed coaching more in my life than I did the six years I was here. Could you expand on the BYU thing? So, so was there like, a, there was a very tangible maybe conversation or something about trying to tone it down? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, from the administration, that was a huge deal. Not necessarily Sam, but, you know, from the top. And so we were, we were going to be involved and, and okay, we're going to do that. And then we didn't play well. And then I think we played Cal the next week and it went back to, to how it's supposed to be. Yeah. yeah. And then and we went, went on through that year. I want to get ahead of myself. And, so we went to the Cotton Bowl and Texas was talking. They were undefeated. They were talking. We lost the game. And uh, they were talking all the time. And we were there for two weeks or whatever we were there. And, you know, of course, you're playing in Dallas. So it's kind of a Texas deal. And, and so we were very polite, did what we were supposed to do. We showed up on time, did our thing. I remember the headlines in the paper the day before or the day of the game was Miami nice. The night before the game, we, we always had a meeting the night before a game and, and uh, or two nights before the game. And, and uh, so I let the, I'd be in there for about a minute and I let the players be there by themselves and talk about the game or whatever they talked about, depending on the opponent. But that meeting lasted twice as long, three times as long as any other meeting. So I, when they came out, I, I looked at uh, one of the coaches. I said, watch out tomorrow. And the opening kickoff, Robert Bailey hit a guy and knocked him out. And from then on, it was just, there's, there wasn't any Miami nice, I'll tell you that. I guess you reveled in that. I can, I can see some, you kind of reveled in that. Even, even though maybe you got slapped on the wrist, you were okay with it. I don't know if it was going to be a slap on the wrist. I think somebody saved me because I had to come, come back. And uh, after the, a couple of days after the game from recruiting, I had the meeting with the president. And uh, it wasn't all that good. But uh, he got a phone call from somebody that uh, helped me keep my job that day. Believe me, it was, uh, we were kind of on pins and needles for whatever reason. I asked this to Leon, sir, is there anyone that you were, did anyone you could, you could look at back now and go, he was really good at celebrating. He, 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 he mastered it. Well, Randall Hill wasn't even close. I mean, in that same game, I mean, he caught a ball and went through the tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> Took about two minutes to get out, but probably the best, one of the best he's ever played, but there were some good ones over the years. All right. Who talked more, Randall or Lamar? Oh, geez. I, I don't know. They were in the same room all the time. Couldn't get a, you could hardly even get a meeting without them talking. <laughs> you know, Lamar, you know, I saw Randall at our last reunion. He's, God, what a success story he is. And, and then Lamar coached for me in the AFA league and uh, had a lot of fun with him. He's a darn good coach. 
All right, so let's go back to 89. Let's go back to your first year because you can't talk about Miami unless you talk about Florida State. So did anyone prep you for what that week was like or what the rivalry was before the season? Yeah, I talked to, to a lot of people about it, but until you're in it and until it happens, you don't know. And, you know, I went in there, I had an idea, but they kicked our rear ends in, in that first time we played. And there are people wanting to run me out of town pretty damn fast that day. And so I learned. So we played him six times. We beat him four times. But that first one, I learned a heck of a lesson. How many plays in that game before you knew that this was being played at a whole nother level? Well, probably about one or two. Because the speed that we had, they had the same kind of speed. Probably in the six times we played, there was probably the best athletes in the country playing on one field. I mean, it was unbelievable. The championship game against Nebraska, Gino says the new offense, no one's really seen it per se, it kind of was tucked away in the Northwest, but that Nebraska didn't change their personnel and you guys knew that you had them. Is that true? Well, I mean, we had so many mismatches. Talking to Coach Osborne over the years, uh, when they saw us play and the speed that we had, you know, it convinced Tom that, you know, we, we've got to find a way to get that kind of speed, which they did, you know, and they beat us a few years later for the championship. And they were a different team then. Uh, their speed was so much better. It was unbelievable. That two-year run, you went two years, right? But not losing a game until Alabama. Right. Yeah, we won uh, however many straight and, and uh, played really good. We went, played Sugar Bowl against Alabama. We beat them the first year in the Sugar Bowl. And they had a heck of a team, a really good team. And, you know, they beat us. And uh, But two years to go undefeated is pretty special. It's, it's pretty hard to do that. We've had Jimmy on this, and he said 86 still burns him up. Does uh, does that game burn you up, too? Oh, yeah, always. The only ones that eat at you are the ones that you lose. Yeah. I figured that out from coaching. The losses hurt more than the wins. The, the losses hurt more than the wins are enjoyable. Yeah, exactly. And so it was, yeah, it was hard. And, and uh, guys that worked so hard. and, and uh, But they, they didn't underestimate anybody. Uh, Alabama, if you look back on that team, <laughs> they had a lot of players playing the league. So... You know, they were a good football team. Did a good job of coaching, outcoached us, and outplayed us. If you had to do something different in that game, what would it have been? I don't know that we would have done a lot of things different, but we, we made some bonehead errors in that football game that ended up costing us. And uh, we weren't as ready to play probably as we should have been, and, and that's on me. So, yeah, if we had to do it over game, I think I think it might have been a little different. But you don't get those. You don't get those chances. No, I get it. It's part of the history, right? It's part of the history. Do I have this right? You didn't lose at home your first five years at Miami? Yeah, we finally yeah, and then we got beat by Washington my last year there. We had we think we had 36 straight or something like that at home. Game after game, walking out of the tunnel, you might that that must have been just an unreal, I don't know, emotion, mindset, confidence, right? Yeah. Obviously that's how it was. And the Orange Bowl was so special, you know, playing in it and the fans that we had and I mean, I can think about that forever and ever, but I, uh, one game I remember was Notre Dame uh, my first year there. I think they were undefeated and uh, came into the Orange Bowl last game of the season. And that stadium was packed two hours before the game. And they were yelling and screaming and doing things like that and stomping and so forth. That uh, It was unbelievable. Was that the Randall Hill game, the third and 44? Yeah, yeah keeps getting long what was your genius call from the sideline on that one run a streak randall and <laughs> just try to overthrow him 
if you can. So everyone remembers Florida State and Notre, Notre Dame, right? Yeah, any of these we've done, we've talked to players and coaches, but is there another game that sticks out to you? Maybe a close call, a memorable play that people don't talk about? Well, I'm sure there is. I, I mean, there was a lot of, you know, a lot of the wide rights of Florida State. I mean, you can never forget about that. So wide right rights now, you know, there's so many of them. But the first time it happened, were you aware in the moment he had missed? Well, it was hard to see, you know, because we were on a certain on the right sideline and went, and went right. It was hard to see from there, but uh, I could see the the players go wild and a new new. And I mean, that was something that's gonna go in history of college football. And what'd you think about it in '92 when you were walking off the field and it happened again? Unbelievable! I'm just surreal or whatever they whatever that word is. It wasn't a real good English teacher, but uh, <laughs> that was uh yeah, it was surreal. I mean, it was for it to happen again against good football team. hundred percent. All right, a couple more things and we'll let you go. Coach, this has been great. Gino said Warren Sapp could have played both ways. He was that talented of an athlete. And I think he came in. Did he not come in as a tight end? Yeah, he did. And he was. His freshman year, he was a tight end when he was redshirting. I remember him uh, running down the field on the scout team on a route stopping and doing a, a backflip and then a front flip. And I also remember taking him, bringing him into my office after his freshman year. And I, I said to him, I said, Warren, do you want to be a multimillionaire? He said, sure, coach. You're moving to defensive tackle. And okay, I'm going. <laughs> he was, he was special. What did you see that made you think that's where he needed to be? I knew that's where he was going to be when we recruited him. We just told him he could play tight end because we were <laughs> he's just what we wanted. I mean, he was a guy that could run. He's gonna get bigger, athletic, and that's what what it was all about. Ray Lewis had a camp down here when I we were speaking before we started taping. I'd done some high school work down here. If I'm not mistaken, Ray tells the story, wasn't he like a late ad or towards the end of the class or I want to say an afterthought, but like he was not a primary recruit, was he? Do I have that right? Well, not not really. Okay, sorry. It, it, it was, no, I mean, he, he was. He committed at the end because, you know, the, the, there was a grade situation that was going on there. And then I got you. He did very well last semester. And, but yeah, we, we signed him late. And it wasn't because of anything other than that. Maybe he left that part of the story out for emphasis. Well, but, but you know, he was not a heavily recruited guy. I mean, we didn't get on him till he, you know, in those days, you don't get on him like they do now. I mean, so we didn't get on him till the end of his senior year. We watched him play, and, and he was a great player. He wasn't, you know, uh, the right size at that time, and, and but his intensity won us over, and then obviously he got bigger, stronger, faster, and all that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he's a guy we wanted all the time, but we just kind of waited to see what was going on. I'm glad we, I'm glad we did that. Absolutely. So, obviously uh, – a ton of just unbelievable players have come through the program, guys that went to the NFL, guys that are in the Hall of Fame. But I also heard you say, and teams are like this, right? Not everyone's going to be five-star. Not everyone's going to the Hall of Fame. That beyond the great players, you had really good players who knew their roles and were big contributors to the team. Who are some of those guys? Who are some of those guys that maybe don't get talked at like Ray Lewis or Warren Sapp, but you know, as a head coach, they were significant parts of, of your success? Well, I mean, you look at the... Linebackers, Tiger Clark, uh, 
you know, he didn't, he didn't play in the league. Maurice Crum, you know, Kevin Patrick, uh, you know, there, there were a lot of guys, uh, you know, I'm just trying to think, uh, corners of uh, Robert Herbert, who's a guy that just came in and played and Carl Richardson who played in the league a little bit, but there's a lot of guys that uh, really, really made a difference and uh, were leaders and just played their rear ends off. And, and they, they followed the guys that were good players and they were made better because of that. And, and uh, they just adjusted to what we wanted to do. We took a lot of players that fit into what we wanted to do, not necessarily the best players all the time. And there weren't five, we didn't have five stars. I don't think in those days, we hardly ever went out of the state of Florida and we went into Dallas and got some great players and some in the East, but uh, those are all players that wanted to come to Miami. I bet they did. I think you've said, Jimmy has said this. I think you've said this. Do, you said you wish you might've stayed at Miami or, or you, did something to that effect. Like Jimmy always says, I wish I would have stayed. Do you feel the same way? Well, there was a couple of things, you know, the national football league at that time was, it was just a pretty good situation to be in financially and so forth. And, uh, uh, for me, it was just the opportunity of giving it a shot in the NFL at that time. That was everybody's dream. Now it isn't, uh, you know, I don't even know if you want to even coach in that league anymore. And then, and then it was Seattle, which was my home where I, I was born and raised. So those two things. And, uh, you know, I wish I wouldn't have left, uh, but we did and continued to get a chance to coach. But yeah, I mean, I, I think everybody that was both Jimmy and I would have liked to have stayed and probably could have won a couple, three more national championships. Miami just is a special place. It, it touches everyone in, in, a, in a unique way. And you just noted that as well. How special was it for you? Well, if it wasn't for Miami, I would have never had the success I had in coaching or never would have been in the Hall of Fame, never anything. And I learned so much being there. I learned as much from those players about life as they learned from me. It wasn't just the football part of it, but it was the city of Miami and, and, and those players. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. And uh, it was, uh, you know, people say, well, was it hard to follow Jimmy? And I said, no, <laughs> it wasn't hard for him to follow Howard, but uh, it, it's a special place. And you're lucky to get an opportunity in those days to coach there because to me, it was the best place in the country. So I got to follow. You've said this a few times. I've heard you say you've learned a lot from the players. What did you learn? How to play hard, how important football was to them, how important it was to their family, how important it was to their neighborhood. I mean, that's what it was all about. There weren't a lot of fringes at Miami. The facilities weren't great like a lot of places, but it was about the city and, and just about uh, those athletes from, from the state of Florida and the other ones, they just a great time. All right. Last thing, I think 30th reunion this year. I know you, you stay close to the players, correct? How, and you've got to celebrate 89 a few years ago. How, how much do you look forward to coming back and being with those guys? I can't wait. God, I love those guys. And I love to see how they're doing successfully. I'm on Twitter a little bit. Cause I mainly, I want to see how they're doing. Cause they're on there, not others. And that's the only reason I'm on there, but it's uh I can't wait. Uh, Michigan State game early. And, you know, they're doing a good job there. And, and uh, I think that the program's getting better. Hopefully that quarterback is healthy because he was a big difference, I thought, last year. But it's going to be fun to see all those players. And they show. They, they come if they can. Absolutely. Coach, thank you so much for doing this. Thanks for sharing it. We look forward to seeing you during the season. Okay, thank you. Talk to you later, Josh.